Welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. Today, we'll get back to our Family Survival Kit series. Pastor Roy will be delivering a message today on honoring our parents. He will be giving helpful hints on how we can teach our children to honor their parents. Pastor Roy will also talk a bit about how we as adults can still honor our own parents. We encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along with Pastor Roy. Today I'm going to talk to you about honoring our parents as we continue our family survival kit uh, series. And as I do that, uh, one day there was a dad who was out in the woods and uh, he kicked over a bottle and immediately a genie popped out. So you know it's not a true story. Genie popped out and offered him one wish. Thinking hard, the dad got out a map and he's looking it over and he decided to ask for peace in the Middle East. Well, that's very hard, said the genie. There hasn't been peace in the Middle East for many years. The dad paused for a moment and then brightened with a thought, and he turned to the genie, and he said, well, then maybe you could just do something to teach my children to show honor to my wife and me. The genie paused for a moment and then thoughtfully said, let me look at that map again. (laughs) Teaching honor is not easy. And yet the Bible tells us it's actually one of the Ten Commandments to honor your father and mother. It's the fifth commandment. And if we took the time to look at the list of the Ten Commandments, the first four actually deal with our relationship with God, not having any graven images before us and all that, worshiping the Lord. And so it talks about our vertical relationship with God, the first four commandments. The fifth commandment transitions to our relationships with one another, the fifth through the tenth commandment. And so when he looks at that, the first relationship he deals with is honor your father and your mother. And I think the reason that is is because all of the other relationships flow out of that relationship. The first place kids will learn honor and submission to authority is in the home with the parents. It is the foundation. If they're going to submit to the teacher, if they're going to submit to a government official, if they're going to submit to a police officer, if they're going to submit to a Sunday school teacher or a pastor or church leader, it begins with learning honor in the home. And honor is actually a step above obedience. And we're going to talk about that and exactly how they are really a little bit different uh, from one another. The story is also told of a mother... She was pushing her three-year-old daughter in a shopping cart when she was at the grocery store, and as they passed the cookie section, the little girl asked for cookies, but the mom said no. The little girl immediately began to whine and fuss. The mother said quietly, now, Monica, we just have half the aisles left to go. Don't be upset. It won't be long. Soon, they came to the candy aisle, and the little girl began to shout for candy. When she was told she couldn't have any, she began to cry. The mother said, there, there, Monica, don't cry. Only two more aisles to go, and then we'll be checking out. When they reached the cashier, the little girl immediately began to clamor for gum and burst into a terrible tantrum when she learned mom wasn't going to buy any. The mother patiently said, Monica, we'll be through in five minutes, and then you can go home and have a nice nap. A man, having observed all this, followed them out to the parking lot and stopped the woman to compliment her. I couldn't help but notice how patient you were with your little daughter, Monica, he began. 
Monica? My daughter's name is Tammy. I'm Monica. <laughs> she was trying to keep herself calm going through all that. How many parents can relate to that? You know, that they act up in the grocery store and it's hard to discipline them in a grocery store. Um, making the honor roll in school is a worthy goal and a wonderful achievement. However, making the honor roll at home is far more important and will have far-reaching consequences into adulthood, especially when you have a home of your own. I wondered if we were to take these screens today and there was somehow we could just kind of roll back the clock over the last six months or so and say, kids, we're just going to show pictures and video of your interaction with your parents over the last six months. That's all we're going to show, not any other interaction that you've had with anybody else, just you and either one of your parents or both your parents, your interaction, your voice, your tone, your nonverbals, what would they communicate? Uh, honor in the home is essential, and it's interesting because God does not qualify, well, if they deserve honor, then we are to honor them. If they have the right kind of parenting skills, I will honor them. It doesn't say anything about that at all. It says, just given the fact of their position, that God has put them in a position of leadership, we are to give honor to them. Just as we do when it comes to a president or some other government leader, we are to show honor to them because of that position and respect them uh, for that because God has ordained all the powers uh, that be. If you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul gives, he has been going over in chapter 5, he covered the relationship between husbands and wives. And now he gets into the relationship between children and parents. And right after that, he talks about the relationship between slaves and masters or employers and employees. And so he's showing in all of these relationships, what is going to make them successful is the idea of not just submission, but honorable submission where we submit in a state of honor. And so here's what he says. And I'm going to actually read these uh, from the ESV uh, version this morning, starting in Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would to the Lord. So the first thing we see here is honoring parents begins with obedience. And then we have a couple of verses that talk about whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. For God commanded, even in the New Testament, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. That is pretty serious. God has said, you will live a long life if you obey and honor your parents, but your life is going to be cut short if you don't honor your parents. Now, is that all the way across the board? Of course not. It's a general principle that God has instituted. What does it mean to honor someone? To honor someone is to give weight or grant a person a position of respect 
and even authority in a person's life. You give them weight. It's also an internal attitude. Honor is an internal attitude of respect, courtesy, and reverence. Respect, courtesy, and reverence. So in other words, I can obey my mom and dad, but the internal attitude should be out of respect, courtesy, and reverence. It's not just the action of obedience that he's looking for. He's looking for the attitude that accompanies the action that is so vital. Honor without such action is incomplete. It is lip service. God is honored when people do things that please him. So it's giving esteem, it's giving value, it's giving great respect. And that's what it means to honor someone. Giving them the gravity their position demands. It's interesting, in the, in the Hebrew Torah, the opposite of honor is kalel, uh, K-A-L-E-L, kalel. And this word is always translated to curse. And its literal meaning, when it talks about cursing, is to make light of. In other words, you make light of your parents' authority over you. Instead of responding to it, you make light of it. That's what it means to curse your parents. And so it's important. Now I can hear the parents. Man, bring the heat, you know. Bring the heat. Give me the fastball so we can catch all this for our kids. Um, so here he starts off, children, obey your parents. Here he is primarily talking about relationship rather than age, although I think here there is a reference to age here. But regardless of how old you are, if you still have your parents living, you are to show honor to them. But here I think specifically he's dealing a little bit more maybe with children still in the home. And the reason I say that is because if you go down to verse 4, he says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So here I think he's focusing a little bit more on children who are yet in the home. However, all children are to honor their parents. It doesn't stop uh, with an age uh, thing. And notice he says, obey your parents in the Lord. This shows a position of submission, that we are to submit. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Show submission to dad and mom, which is the result, listen, it is the result of submission to Christ. If I have a problem submitting to mom and dad, ultimately my problem is not with mom and dad. Did you hear me, kids? If you have a problem submitting to your parents and showing them honor, the problem is not mom and dad as much as it is your problem with Christ. And the reason I say that is if we go back into a couple other verses of Scripture, um, in Ephesians 5.22, notice what it says. Wives, submit to your husbands. How? As to the Lord. Our relationship to Christ will even impact my marital submission. It impacts that. If we look again in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart. It's the idea of sincerity of heart who? To Christ. And so therefore, our submission is a submission to Christ when I submit to those in authority over me. 
It's vital that we do that. Now, it can be challenging because some parents are not leading and giving the spiritual input that they should, but that does not absolve your responsibility to still show honor to them as much as you can because of the position that God has put them in and your obedience to Christ, and that may be the only motivation and reason you have for that, to do that. A child's obedience, then, to his parents reflects his relationship with Yahweh, his relationship with God. And in Christian families, this submission is so different than the submission that you would see in a pagan family. Paul is writing to Christian people, and he's saying our lives are to be different than the pagans. The pagans run here and there, and they, they push for their authority, and they push for their way, and they're selfish, and all these things. But guess what? When you're in a Christian family, a Christian home, how it is characterized is by an attitude of submission and honor. And that's what makes a Christian home so different than a home that is pagan and Christ is not there. And this submission is characteristic of those who are filled with the Spirit. If we go back to Ephesians chapter 5, look in verse 18, do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And when I am filled with the Spirit, the Spirit wants to obey Christ. And my obedience to Christ will be shown by my obedience and honor to mom and dad. It's vital. And this obedience to parents, guess what it does? It leads to a strong, stable society. Think about it. If children grow up with that kind of submission and honor to their parents, then when they're out of the home, every other authority they're going to be in submission and honor to as long as they continue to stay in submission to Christ. And that brings a strong, stable society. That's what Paul was talking about. It brings a strong, stable church as well. As Paul's talking to the Ephesian church, it brings a strong, stable church. In Proverbs 1.8, here, he says, My son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Here's how we show honor. By hearing our father's instruction and not forsaking our mother's teaching. And that teaching and instruction is to be couched in love. I am to do it with a spirit of love, not do this because I said so. Well, there may be times where that's necessary, but it needs to be couched in love that you are shaping that child to be obedient to Christ and honor Christ. So that's why he says, children, he goes on, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? For this is right. He's saying it is fitting. It is suitable. It is the right thing to do. When we do that, it's right. It is fitting and right. He goes on to say in Leviticus 19.3 that we are to revere your father and mother. Revere is a verb that is often used to express a right response to God. On the other hand, disobedience to parents, according to Romans 1.30, was a characteristic of Gentile depravity. When he talks in that list, he gives a whole grocery list of things of people who walk away from God, and one of those is disobedience to parents. In fact, Paul continues that idea in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, when he talks about perilous times will come in the last days. And one of the signs of evil that will be prevalent in the last days is disobedience to parents. 
Interesting, isn't it? Now, God tells us that we are to keep his commands, to keep the commands of God. Keeping the commands does not just mean obedience. Keeping commands also includes guarding and protecting the commands of God. And how do we guard and protect? Well, part of that is obedience. But we guard and protect by living out the reality of those. We guard and protect the commands of God. And interestingly enough, um, I read an article that talks about a person who breaks the commands of God and lives in disobedience. The Hebrew word that means break. Listen, here's what it means. Here's what it means to break the commands of God. It is the treading of grain on the threshing floor by oxen to open up the halls to remove the seeds. In other words, grain is thrown all over the threshing floor. Oxen come in and tramp it over to get to the seeds. He's saying that's what it means to break the commands of God. In the eyes of a Hebrew child or parent, it would be a child who comes in and tramples over the commands of God. That's what it means to break his commands. You just trample all over them. You despise them. You reject them instead of honoring God's commands. So it's a very, very significant thing. We go on. Honoring parents includes both father and mother. Both father and mother. There's a wrong way to deal with your children. He says in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers... Do not exasperate your children. Now, he's not letting mothers off the hook. It's just that fathers are the leader in the home. Do not exasperate your children. That's the wrong way to lead and impact your children, to deal with your children. What is he saying? Don't provoke your children to anger, irritation, or resentment, where they resent you. Um, do not be unreasonable or harsh in your expectations. Do not expect perfection. From your children. That's easier said than done. Uh, do not abuse your authority. Do not use excessive discipline where it's harsh and severe. Um, discipline for sure, but don't make it excessive and harsh. Do not constantly show displeasure by condemning everything they do. Do not be insensitive to the needs of the child. And do not put them on a guilt trip to manipulate them into doing what you want them to do. We need to address the heart. So he says, don't do that. The right way to deal with your children, he says in verse 4, instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. To bring them up means to nourish, rear, and feed why do we do that? Because we want them to come to full maturity in their thinking and in their behavior. They come to full maturity. They take on responsibility. They learn what that means. They understand what privileges are and how to use those privileges without abusing them. We bring them up. We raise them up. Uh, Proverbs says what? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You say, well, wait a minute, my child is not serving the Lord. But they can never depart from the training that you imparted. 
Even though they may not live it out, they can never separate themselves totally from it, from what they've heard. God is able to bring that back to them. The reward for serving God is that God will honor that person. The training here that he talks about, it means education or training in a comprehensive sense, which includes discipline or chastisement. And then he says instruction. Instruction is verbal instruction. Don't just let them go. Verbally instruct them. Correct them. Any word of encouragement or reproof which leads to correct behavior. Our training must be Christ-centered. We're to teach them God's word. Christian fathers, he's saying, are to be different than pagan fathers. He goes on to say, honor. Look in verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. The word honor here means to esteem, to honor, to reverence. We are to esteem them for their position. And in John 12, 26, he says, My Father will honor the one who serves me. God will honor the person who honors their parents and who honors him. There's a large number of adult children who do not honor their parents, even. And there's painful illustrations of that in our culture where you see child who has no contact or interaction at all with their parent. And that's unfortunate. And see, Satan tries to come in and divide people. And yet we are to try to honor them. It is horribly painful for a parent. But the child, listen, the child who does not honor a parent will also suffer. First, and this comes out of an article by Dennis Prager, and I don't know Dennis Prager at all, but I like what he says. He says there's three things. First, not honoring one's parents almost guarantees that a child will grow up to be a narcissist. They will have self-love, they will be selfish, they will be self-centered because they have no honor for their parents and probably no one else because the parents are the first ones that they should show that honor too. Second, when such children become parents, they may in turn receive the same disrespectful treatment from their children thanks to the example they have set. Third, there is the guilt that adult children suffer when they realize their mistake in not treating their own parents better often after the parents are deceased. And God is able to forgive and heal, and he does. And I will be the first to say and remind all of us that we are all broken people. And did I grow up honoring my parents 24-7? Well, I have flesh on and skin. No. And none of us could say we probably honored them at every little turn. Um, but it's something we... God requires us to do, and we need to learn how to do it better and better. I want to give you, uh, out of this book, Say Goodbye to Whining, Complaining, and Bad Attitudes in You and Your Kids by Scott Taransky and Joanne Miller. He offers six ways to teach honor to your children. And I want to give these to you. Six ways to show 
or teach honor to your children? Number one, teach children to treat people as special. Psalm 139 says that God made us, he fashioned us in our mother's womb, and therefore, and we're made in the image of God, and everyone is made in the image of God, tells us that in Genesis, and so therefore we should treat everyone as special. And that puts mom and dad up there too. We are to treat people as special. That's how we develop honor and teach honor to people. Number two, teach children to do more than what's expected. Proverbs 13.4 says, The sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. A diligent person is going to go above and beyond the call of duty and not be a sluggard. And so you teach them to go above and beyond the call of duty. Again, it's an attitude in the heart. It's not just the behavior, it's the attitude tied to it. Honor involves being thoughtful and thorough in what you do. When we, we had our kids were little, one of the things we did that I learned out of this book was we, we took an 8 and a half by 11 sheet and our son actually colored it up and, and drew it up and it put right next to the light switch in the bathroom and it said, is the bathroom ready for the next guest? What did it do? It reminded them, wait a minute, I'm not the only one using this bathroom. I need to honor other people who are coming behind me and show honor to them. How do I do that? Well, I check, is there toilet paper on the roll? Is the towel straight? Is the sink clean? Are there any spots on the mirror that I can clean off? Uh, all those little things to what? Show honor to the people coming behind me to teach them honor and how vital it is that we do that. Thirdly, deal with a bad attitude. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without grumbling or questioning. Sometimes they want to know, why do I need to do that? Why do I? Well, what did Abraham, what instruction did he get from God? Go to that mountain and do what I tell you to do. Did he tell him everything to do? No. Philip, I need you to go to a certain place to talk to someone. Did he give him all the details? No. <laughs> so all the details aren't necessary. Um, you need to do it because the parents say to, so. Obedience is revealed in actions. Honor is revealed in the attitude that goes along with those actions. When your child is given instruction, how do they receive it? When your child is corrected, how do they respond? When your child is told no, how do they react? See, that shows honor in how they do it. A bad attitude often stems from an angry spirit. An angry spirit is identified by physical violence, hitting, slamming things, kicking and biting. That's an angry spirit. It's a wrong spirit, and God wants us to be delivered of that. It can also manifest itself through hurtful words, sarcasm, teasing, and cynical remarks. If your child comes with that, when my children did that, I hope they remember what I told them, especially when they were young. I said, let's hit the rewind button and try that again. <laughs> rewind, because that didn't come out right. Rewind <laughs> and bring it back with honor. Um, it's crucial that we do that. One of the problems is we have too many parents in our culture today who want to be friends with their kids rather than the parent. 
And when that happens, when that happens, if you're too much of a friend rather than a parent, they will not honor you for that and respect you for that, and you may not have the relationship that you really need. Um, it's vital that we are the parent, and they understand that. Give your children a healthy alternative. How should a child respond when they're given an instruction they'd rather not do? Okay is a good place to start. Okay. I need to do that, you said. How should a child respond when being corrected? I'm sorry, or I was wrong. How should a child respond when getting a no answer? Okay, maybe next time. Not badgering and whining and complaining. Uh, okay, maybe next time. Uh, or be willing to sit down and discuss it um, in a right way, in an honorable way. Teaching them to respond with honor. One day a dad overheard his nine-year-old daughter, Jody, engaging in negative self-talk. Here's what she said. I'm no good. I can't do anything right. Nobody likes me. Now, the dad helped the daughter by writing down the negative statements and then reading them back to her. He said, do you believe these statements? Sometimes, she said. Well, they're not true but I think you say them because you are angry. It's not honoring to yourself. If I hear you say these things, I'm going to have to take, have you take a break and then we're going to talk about it. Don't let your kids do negative self-talk and dishonor themselves. And this helps break the cycle of dishonor. Step back and ask yourself, why is this child struggling with a bad attitude? One mom recognized her five-year-old needed more sleep, and then he'd have a better attitude. Sometimes it's just something that simple. Another mom realized her nine-year-old needed to learn perseverance, the ability to hang in there when things get tough, teaching them mental toughness and stick-to-itness. Moving on. Four, create honor lessons in life. Paul says in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. There was a mother of two preschoolers, and she said, I teach my children that one way to honor me, listen, is to listen with both eyes. In other words, not looking at your screen of your cell phone, putting it down and looking at me with both of your eyes, making sure I have your attention. And it's showing honor. Um, another way you can do it is uh, the, the families, um, the authors of this book, they played a little game called Whoops and Awe. And what they did is they took a vacation together and they identified five types of dishonoring speech, arguing, boasting, whining and complaining, talking too much, and being bossy. And anyone who was heard using dishonoring speech would say, whoops, <laughs> and identify which type of dishonoring speech it is, and then talk about ways to use honoring speech. Then they would identify honoring speech, including praise, gratefulness, compliments, and affirmation. Like, thanks, Dad, for taking us here. And Dad would say, ah. So whoops and ah and identifying dishonorable speech and honorable speech. 
and how vital it is. Five, model it. Model it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Children learn about honor from their parents. One father said, I've tried all kinds of techniques for teaching my son table manners. He said, it doesn't work. He still eats just like me. <laughs> you know, they watch what we do and how we do it. So we have to model what we want them to do. And six, appeal to their conscience. When Paul writes here in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The word here, instruction, is not just cold, hard instruction. It is appealing to their conscience. It is appealing to their reasoning faculty. And it's appealing to their will. That's what we want to get to. We want to get to the heart of the matter and shape the heart, the reasoning faculty, and their conscience, and that God consciousness they need toward God is so vital. Well, let's stand for a word of prayer. I would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to start off by asking the kids, in one sense we're all kids, because <laughs> we all have parents somewhere and some have passed on, but how are we doing at honoring our parents? How about as adults? Our parents are aging. How are we doing at honoring our parents? It is one of the commands that God has given us. And it actually says more about our relationship with God than it does our parents. And so God has called us to this kind of life, this attitude of honoring our parents. And it's separated, there's a distinction between a Christian home and a Christian family and a pagan family because we are willing to honor our parents. Maybe you're here today and God has convicted you and shown you that maybe your attitude is not right toward your parents. And maybe you need to schedule a time to go and sit and talk with mom and dad. Or maybe mom and dad need to schedule a time and say, you know what, and be proactive and say, let's talk about this. How are we doing with honor? And are there things in our life, and parents, we've got to be willing to say, you know, are there things in my life that I have done to cause you to dishonor me? and be willing to talk about it so that we can grow homes that are godly and honor the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't carry out these mandates without a personal relationship with Jesus. You need the Spirit of God in you to do that. And even then, we'll fail at times. We all do. And it's at those points that we come back and say, and I've had to say it to my kids, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I did not represent Christ well to you. And we have to be willing to do that too. God help us. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, that is the most vital thing. If you don't know what that means, we're here to talk with you about that. I'll be greeting people at the back. Please see myself or someone else before you leave today. So we can tell you how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus and begin to build a Christ-honoring home. Let's pray. 
We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, .org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.